Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, good morning. Hey, real quick, uh, all of you who are either uh, at Citywide as a, as a student or a volunteer, can y'all just stand? I felt like we're supposed to pray over y'all. Um, and any other students in the room, wh- whether you went to Citywide or not, I want you to stand, uh, whether you're a student at homeschool or uh, somewhere else. Uh, just stand. I really felt like the Lord said he wants to pray for y'all. You're, you're, uh, the word I got was your torches. You're gonna. You're like a flashlight or a, a fire. Uh, the fire can be set and, and just let it ablaze, and a flashlight can dispel darkness. Uh, and so I just want to pray over you. So would you join with me as we pray over our students on the mission field where they live, and then those who minister to them. God, I, I thank you for these torches. I thank you for the ones who have said yes to Jesus and now have the opportunity uh, in, in the neighborhoods, uh, on, their, on their ball teams, on their, their, their special unique things they're a part of uh, in the community and especially at school, wherever they are. I, I thank you that they have said, God, I, I follow you, so where I go, you go and I will take you. I pray that, that you give them greater opportunities to light up the darkness, uh, to light a fire under someone uh, for you, Jesus, and, and that you protect them and cover them. I pray they would be a strong community for one another. They would lock arms. They would support one another. They'd encourage one another, both those in this room and then from other churches, that Jesus, you would spark a revival from their hearts because they love you into our schools, which desperately need you, and it's never too late for. So bless them and minister to them for all those that volunteer and pour into their lives as disciples and mentors and just friends and then teachers, would you give them words to speak from heaven to our youth? In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for being faithful. So we're in the, the final sermon of our Love, Give, Serve series here and talking about serve today. And, uh, and, and like you heard in the video, we have some opportunities in the, in the back of the worship center here uh, immediately afterwards to, to find out where you can serve, um, find out more about it, sign up to be a part of it. But we live in this world that, that demands serve yourself, uh, love yourself, first, foremost, always, and instead of uh, do, what ne- what, do what you need to do to get ahead, um, make sure others serve you, be, be the one on the top rung. Living to get and being pampered in life is considered the thing to do in the culture we live in. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's the most affluent nation, like maybe uh, a place like in Dubai and the, in the UAE, or, or the most broken place like in Haiti in a third world nation. The culture always says, serve yourself, get ahead, get, get you some. That's the culture that we live in. And then there's Jesus the one who made everything, who came down here to show us what actually matters most, and that is to, to, to love others, to live, to give, and, and serve someone, serve others, serve people 
by being Jesus for them. Jesus came to serve. He came to save. He came to show the way, to heal, to give us a purpose that fulfills, not just a purpose we think is a purpose, but a purpose that fulfills the way we are created in the first place. And he saved us by serving us. He came down here and the biggest act of service was, was our salvation that he provided for, which we're gonna remember in a unique way today when we take communion later on. He, he saved us by serving us and then said, now I leave you here. So while you're here, your number one thing to do is serve others. Because when we serve others, we highlight Jesus and we highlight the kingdom. And it's this upside-down upside kingdom that we're a part of because we, we live in this world, but we're not citizens of this world. We, we, we live here, but this is not our home. We have one eternally. So while we're here, we're, our goal is to, is to turn things right, right side up again, to, to redeem uh, what was lost in the garden. And that's, that's a lot. And at the same time that, that we're called to, to do everything to redeem what was lost, we know that this isn't... Uh, this place will end one day. It is, it is spinning down or, or winding down. The curtain will come down, whatever terminology you want to use. But, but at the same time, we're not just holding on for it to all end one day and then finally, finally, finally begin. We live here and we've been left here to serve here. His sacrificial act, the king dying in my place, was so that I could follow him, know him, follow him, be saved by him, and then, and then live to serve others because of him, just like he did. And the, the way this kingdom of heaven is advanced is through my act of service, my love for people, my willingness to give, not to get, but to live to give, whether it's of my time, my talents, or my treasure, preferably all three. So we're to serve in this kingdom in a myriad of ways to bless and minister and, and give. And, and really when it comes down to it, I'm either a servant of the king or I'm this pompous, demanding, egotistical person expecting Jesus to have others serve me. Now nobody would say they're that. And yet oftentimes we live that way. I'm either a servant of the king and because of Jesus, I serve other people. Or I'm like, Jesus, they're not doing enough for me. There's no middle ground. And I know it's not you. It's the person next to you, right? Um, right? So, but Jesus says in, in John 13, this great passage where we read about the Last Supper. John 13, 34, he says, let me give you a new command, love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. I get to serve. That's the big idea today. It's been the big idea in this series. I get to love, I get to give, and today I, I get to serve. I get to serve imperfect people in my church family. And I get to serve a broken, unbelieving world. Both and, I get to serve. I don't serve people who've earned my act of service. 
because none of us have earned that from someone. I get to serve because Jesus, because what he did for me and that he showed me the way and he tells me to do it and, and because I love him. That's why I get to serve. The heartbeat of this message is that Jesus served us to save us so that we could then go and serve others. And when we serve, he gets highlighted. He tells us as much right here. When you love people, when you love one another, when you love the broken, when you go near and far, when you sacrifice your time, your talents, and your treasure to give away to other people, I get highlighted, Jesus says. I mean, even this passage is one of the most powerful ones. It's, Everyone will recognize that you're my disciples. In other words, that I'm legit. I'm, I am who I say I am. Everyone will recognize that when we love others through acts of service. In this story of the Last Supper in John 13, you know, we, most of us know this story. We've read it. He, he serves them by, by washing their feet, and then they have the, the whole Last Supper moment, and he says, one of you is going to betray me, and, and go ahead and go do that. And it's a, it's a wild story. He shows us servanthood first and foremost by washing their feet. And then he says, go and, and do the same for someone else. And it's always fascinating to me when I look at this story, especially with the, servant, the washing the feet thing, because back then... Washing your feet was a big way to prepare yourself for something big or to honor going into someone's home. And these guys knew, first of all, it's the Passover meal, so it's a big deal. Secondly, Jesus was making a bigger deal of it than normal, so it was an extra big deal. You know, so, and they knew it was a big deal, and not one of them washed their feet, which is weird. I mean, it'd almost be akin to being like, I, you know, I go for Thanksgiving dinner and, and all I've gone is a pair of cut-off shorts. I got nothing else on. No, no shoes, no shirt. It'd be weird. It'd just be weird. And people would be like, you're weird. And yet with them missing the preparation point, like they should have had their feet washed. They should have been, everything should have been smooth. They should have looked like Michael on the video with the suit and tie, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? HCF staff wearing suit and tie. Okay. But they weren't ready. And then Jesus never got mad at them or told them to go get ready. He served the need. There was a need. Their feet were dirty and they weren't prepped. So he served the need. He didn't ever say, you know, you should have gotten ready, but I'll do this anyway. He never said it that way. He just took the basin and the towel and he, and he, took on the form of a servant right then and there, and he washed everyone's feet. We serve the need that we know and that we see. When you serve another person in the name of Jesus because of your love for him, you serve Jesus. You wanna serve Jesus? Serve people. Good answer. Wherever you were, you get a gold star from Jesus, right? I hope you're serving somewhere. Uh, you know. If you want to serve Jesus, you serve people. That's what we do. That's what you sign up for when you say, I want to be yours for eternity. Thank you for saving me. When you open the gift, you're basically saying, Jesus, I've received your eternal salvation and life for me. Now I'm going to go and love others likewise. The way of the kingdom is very different than the way of these little earthly kingdoms all around us. Jesus came to love, give, and serve. 
And I'd say this, using Jesus' example and Jesus' words, if you're not serving somehow, giving your life away in some tangible fashion, the picture of your salvation is blank. And it doesn't mean it's that way for all time, forever. You can do something about it, but... But Jesus says, when you love and when you serve, this is what they see. And we get a picture of Jesus. They see me when you love and you serve. So if you're not serving, they see blank. They just see a white canvas. And they're like, okay, that's your life? Blank white canvas? It's really what it is. You're not fulfilling the purpose for which you were saved and left here. Because if we weren't meant to serve, he'd have just taken us at salvation. And again, I know it's about the person behind you and not you. No, you're, and, and I hope nobody's condemned in here. Because if you're condemned, that's the work of the enemy and that's not Jesus. But some of you might need to be convicted. Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Because conviction always brings change, opportunities, and hope, and, and, and life when we step into that. But if you're not serving some way in the kingdom for the cause of Jesus, you got a blank canvas that at any time can start having a picture drawn on it that looks like Jesus, but you got to serve. Philippians 2 shows us how Jesus served and, and that we are called to serve likewise. It's a long passage I want to read for you. Philippians 2 verses 1 through 11 Paul writes, if you've gotten anything at all, now listen to these words, because these are like, whoa, these are big words. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity. He took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredible, humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. That's what we're called to do and be. Lend a helping hand, serve. Think of yourself the way Jesus did, serve. Verse seven, in some versions say that Jesus 
emptied himself. It's the picture of a, of a pitcher filled with fresh, vibrant, healthy water, refreshing to a, a part soul, just being dumped out completely, completely dry. And so often in life we say, yeah, but then I'll be empty. And Jesus said, if you hang on to the water in your pitcher, it's going to get stagnant and nasty. But if you will pour yourself out like me, I will fill it with refreshing water every single time until the day we're face to face in heaven. That's how I get to serve. And when you serve, the kingdom gets highlighted in your life and from your life. It's as simple as that, and that simplicity is magnificent. If we're ever wondering, like, how do I help people to know about Jesus? Serve, because he says they'll know. They'll know. If you serve selflessly, considering others greater than yourself, because of Jesus, and you serve something that has to do with Jesus, you have just evangelized wherever you are. You have been a missionary in the moment wherever you are. So where do I serve? That's a great question. Thank you for asking. You serve in an area where you're gifted. Or you serve in an area where you have the capacity and ability and time to serve. Or you serve in an area where you see a need and you can fill the need. And all of those that are like, oh, I always thought I could get away with not serving there because I'm not gifted. You, if there's a need, serve the need. Yeah. Serve the need. It's, it's great when I feel fulfilled in how I'm serving, but if I only look for that one thing specifically made for me and I see all these needs around me, I'm being self-centered, selfish, and like the world. Man, serve where you're gifted. Serve where there's opportunity. Serve where you're capable. Serve where you see a need. Serve your family. Serve your wife. Serve your husband. Serve your kids. Serve your parents. Serve that neighbor next to you or that neighbor three houses over that neighbor. Serve that neighbor. Serve that guy in your office who's awkward or bothers you. Serve him in a way that Jesus would serve him. In a way that Jesus would serve the need, serve. You serve the kingdom by serving, plain and simple. You serve the kingdom you are a part of by simply serving. Don't get so particular, so caught up in the, the particulars of service. See a need, fill a need. Have a desire that actually serves somewhere and then follow that through. Serve in a way as if someone's eternity depends on it. Because Jesus actually said it does. He said, you love people and you serve people and you give your life away because of me and they'll know I'm real. That's eternity right there. Serve like someone's eternity depends on it because it does. I want to introduce you to somebody who is a faithful servant, has been since they came here as a family and now is our brand new children's and ministry life director. Can we welcome up Oceana King and her family? Where's Jessup, Oceana, the kids? They're going to make their way up here. By the way, we're celebrating Jordan and Kelsey on Wednesday night at 530 right out there in the foyer. 
if you'd like to come be a part of celebrating them as they go to Austin. And we are so excited to have Oceana and Jessup and the kids. I always tell people, I can't, I want to, I want to learn from them how they raise their kids. They have like the sweetest kids on the planet. Uh, so I need to learn from them how they are. But welcome Oceana and thank you for serving our church so faithfully and now stepping into this new role. Share with us your heart, what's going on. Hello. You're on. Um, I was hoping the lights would be down, so I'd be less nervous. But um, as Pastor Scott said, I'm Oceana. This is my sweetheart, Jessup. We have Orion, Aurora, and Leo. We've been here for two years from Utah, and um, I think I could speak for both of us. We're happy to be a part of HCF and Burnett and great state of Texas. Um, I'm very honored and humbled to be called to this position, and um, it's been a really great reminder of God's sovereign plan. He is good and faithful, and he comes up with much better things than I uh, have a knack for doing. So I want to say thank you to everybody who's spoke good, kind words to me and given me the courage, because um, it's always worth it to step out in obedience and with courage to what God has called us to do. So um, do you want to say anything? I think we tried every church in town. Uh, some good, some interesting. Uh, and we got here, and uh, actually, before we got here, I bought his freezer. So it's kind of, it's kind of meant to be. We still have it. It's full of beef. Uh, so it can come back anytime now. This is the place, and this is the time. Hey, Oceana, real quick, you want to give a plug for? You want to give a plug, and we're talking about serving, and, uh, and of course, our kids are this generation, a uh, little version of them now. Uh, do you want to give a plug for, for serving in that amazing ministry? Yes, here is the plug. I will shamelessly ask anybody who even has a glimmer of wanting to serve in children's ministry, um, it really is such a blessing. I know some, some people are hesitant, you know, I don't know how to teach, or I don't know if I'm good with kids, but we have all the resources, we have volunteers that can teach you, and the kids are just, it is amazing because they love on us sometimes more than we love on them. So please come talk to me. I will definitely happily talk to you about so that. So there is a need. There is a great, great capital G need. So if you see a need, what do you do? Fill the need. Serve the need. Amen. Thank you. Oh, you can put it down there for me. Oh, yes. Thank you. Can Sorry. we give them a round of applause? Love y'all as a family. So glad to have you here. A number of years ago when I was in Alaska, I had a guy uh, come up to me after church and we had been talking about serving. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor Scott, I, I've been praying for years for the exact spot to serve and God hasn't shown me yet. So <laughs> he said this, I, I'm willing to wait another four years to hear. <laughs> and I said, sinner, get behind me. Uh, I didn't. I knew him well enough that I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, I wouldn't say that to you unless I know you well enough. So if I say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, uh, know that I love you. Um, if you're waiting for the absolute perfect sweet spot to serve that makes you feel amazing in life, that means that you're trying to find something to serve you in your kingly status. That's just the bottom line. And if you're convicted by that, just let that lead you somewhere freeing. My prayer today, I've prayed it in the elders meeting and I prayed it with, with our team in the back, 
is, Lord, would you specifically encourage those today who are serving? I pray, Lord, you would just say, well done, I see that, good job, keep going. And for those who aren't, I said, Lord, would you just bring that sweet conviction that leads us to something that brings greater life than we can ever try to hang on to on our own? He gave freely and abundantly, and then he says, now live free and abundant for the sake of others because there will be a day when we don't have to evangelize anymore. The one thing we really can't do in heaven is evangelize. We don't need to. But on planet Earth, we, we love and we give and we serve. He's worth it. And it's never too late for that blank canvas to begin to have a picture on it that looks just like Jesus from your life. That you can look like Jesus. If you'll step into the basic reasons for which you were saved and, and, and why you still remain here on planet Earth, you'll find amazing fulfillment from Jesus and in Jesus. So we have... Every week we've had an application opportunity uh, with, this, um, with this series. I call it homework if you're PTSD because of homework, call it application. Uh, today's is very simple. Start serving somewhere. Pray, ask, and get on with it. Start, I'm quoting James. No, I'm acting like James. You know, he's very succinct. Start serving somewhere. Pray, start, or pray, ask, and get on with it. And and my encouragement is commit for the rest of the year. We've got roughly 10 months left. For the rest of the year at least, just say, I'm gonna start here. I'm gonna start serving and I commit 10 months to that, Lord. And then when, that, when we get near the end, I'll either continue serving there or you'll show me somewhere else. But commit to 20, don't commit to serving Jesus uh, one time only. He saved you for all time to serve while we live on planet Earth. So there's three musts for us in getting going in serving. Understand that this is what a saved follower of Jesus does. They serve. Immediately tell someone, especially in leadership, where you're gonna serve and, and how you're gonna serve so that you can be encouraged and you can be held lovingly accountable. And then do it joyfully. God loves a joyful giver, a joyful lover, a joyful servant. You'll be acting like Jesus. You'll be blessing others when you serve. I'm gonna ask the uh, usher team to begin handing out communion to you. And as you get it, you can hang on to it. Um, we're gonna move into this, this time of remembering the greatest act of service ever, which is really cool. And there's, there's a passage that a lot of us know, uh, maybe not in this, uh, in the message version, but in a minute, I'm gonna read it from Romans 5. But in this whole chapter of Romans 5, it's just this beautiful, big chapter about, about what God did in sending Jesus to save us for all time. In, in verses 6 and 7, he basically is, is saying that Jesus came here to become one of us, to, to save all of us at just, the, at just the perfect time. And what's so cool is he didn't wait for us to get ready to be saved. He came to save us in our unreadiness, in our, in our ignorance, in our willful disobedience. You know, while we could care less, he didn't say, get ready for the rescue and I'll come rescue you. He came to rescue us when we didn't know we needed rescue. While we were far too weak and rebellious 
to do anything to help ourselves. And even if we thought I got to do something, we wouldn't have had the ability to do it, to even start trying. It says this in Romans 5, 8, God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we, are, while we were of no use to him whatsoever. No use whatever to him. He set us right with him before we said yes to salvation. Jesus selflessly came to take care of us and serve us in the ultimate way, as messed up as we were. And that's really what we remember on a communion Sunday. We remember the service. We remember the, the sacrifice. We remember the ultimate that he gave for us. When you choose Jesus as your savior, you choose to be saved so that you will serve others. And maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision. You're watching online, you're listening on the radio, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. First of all, know that communion is meant for believers in Jesus. So, so if you're not if you're not saved, communion isn't for you except for this. If you want to get saved right now, you can. Because at any moment, any time while you breathe, you can say yes to Jesus. He came to save you before you wanted to be saved, thought about getting saved, or knew you needed to be saved. He came to set you right with God. We read oftentimes we're righteous before God, and that's true. The the layman's terms for those of us that are from Texas and, and need it broken down a little more, I have right relationship with God the creator because of Jesus' work on the cross. And if you're not saved, you've never made that decision and you want right relationship with him, know that it's there for the taking. And he says, take eternal life that I offer. Take the salvation that I offer to you. And all you do is call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. It's all it takes. And then we get to take communion and remember this. I love the, uh, the passage in Luke about the, the Passover meal. Jesus is, is taking uh, time to, uh, to break it down for them, what's going on. And, and there's some stuff in there that I think I forget sometimes because Passover's so big and, and the wine and the bread are so big. But I love it when Jesus says, this is the last time I'm gonna do this before we're together in heaven. Now, he's gonna die in a few days from when they, this happened, but, but he's telling him, I'm not gonna even, even in heaven while I'm waiting for all of us to be together for eternity, I'm not gonna drink from the cup. I won't drink again from the cup until we're all together. So when we remember, we remember that Jesus is waiting for us. He's still working for, on behalf of humanity, saving him. He's still working in our lives. He's still uh, doing everything possible to turn us into his image. But he is longing for the time when we can all be together around the throne in eternity and partake, remembering once more the sacrifice that gets us there. That's what we remember today. When we take the bread, Jesus took it and, and he broke it. They saw him just like rip the thing in two. And he was saying, my body's gonna be torn up for y'all and it's so worth it. And then he thanked God for it. He, he said, everybody get some of this. And he said, God, thank you for this. Thank you that I get to make a way where there is no way for my brothers 
and even in a bigger way now for my brothers and sisters to have eternal salvation. Thank you for my body being able to be sacrificed and pay the debt for those who choose me. You owe nothing. He paid it all. You don't earn anything. He earned it all. He just says, now remember and live for me. That's what he says. And when we take the bread, that's why we take it. And then he, then he takes the cup, and we'll do this in a moment together. He takes the cup, and, and he says, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. You never have to worry if your sins are covered. He's forgiven you. He's forgiven mankind for eternity. And for those who choose to say yes, they're covered under the blood. A sacrifice had to be made to make things right because of a broken world. And Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. He went to the cross and his blood was spilled. So I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. We're gonna take this together. I'm gonna pray and thank the Lord for his body and his blood. And then we're gonna take it remembering. And here's what I would ask. As you take it, maybe just in the moments after as we start singing, man, just let Jesus speak life and love and encouragement over you. You are loved. You are loved. He loved going to the cross because it got you. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. You're the joy set before him. I don't care what you've done, how you've acted, what you think about yourself, how bad you had it last week or how much you feel like you're going to struggle in this coming week. You are the joy set before Jesus' eyes. You are the joy in his life. You bring joy to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You are his joy. So as we take this together and go into a time of singing, just let him lavish his love on you. If you have your bread, just hold your bread up. God, we thank you for your willingness to send your son to go in our place, to be our sacrifice, our substitution, the one who would atone for our sins. In essence, Jesus, you took the bullet for us and we get you for all time because of it. And we thank you for the blood that says forgiven. So now we take the body and we take the blood and we remember that we're yours. Take communion together and let us worship. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.